Hey guys, welcome to today's podcast. It's your girl Fresh, and today we're talking about money. But before we dive into the topic, I'll allow our guest to introduce herself. Alright, <laughs> thank you very much, Fresh. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Izuwa Amadason. Many people call me Dr. Izzy, and I'm a medical doctor. I'm also an entrepreneur, an author, and very big financial literacy enthusiast. I mean, I love thing about financial literacy. I love to educate people about finances, especially in the aspect of money management. Because, yeah, it's a very, very important area that affects us all as adults. So yeah, very pleased to be on the podcast today. And thanks for having me. Thank you so much, Dr. Lizzie. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. So, um, I know you guys are wondering why it's a doctor on the show today, okay? Now, I first um, heard about Izzy from Sage, my co-host. Sage used to always post about her newsletter and her link. I was like, okay, who is this person? And about finance, talking about finance and all those things. So, I subscribed to her newsletter. And I was always getting the newsletter on my e- on my email about money finance i was like oh okay let me follow this person on ig and from there i just watching her following her post and her insta stories and all those things that's why i said let me reach out to her and have her as a guest on our show so dr easy oh easy easy for sure please just forgive me i have to call you easy because it seems very long <laughs> what's your earliest memory of money that's uh, my earliest memory of money. Okay, I mean, so children, right? Um, money is that thing that I mean, when like uncles or aunts or people like come visiting or you go visiting them, like, so they give you, like, back in the day, they could give you like 100 naira, stuff yes. like that, which was big money for us back then. But always kind of view that oh, okay, money is used to buy things, buy things that we like, or so it's like biscuits and candy and all those kind of things. It's always just nice, like having that idea that oh, I have money somewhere. I mean, we used to, our parents used to get it and keep it in quote for us yes. that time. Yeah, uh, that would be my my earliest memory of, of money, and then yeah gradually from like going to primary school, secondary school, then we actually started using money for, for things. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> nice of you to take me back to those early days. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, right, growing up, I had different opinions about money. I saw it as a solution to problems, um, a tool for getting things done, something valuable to keep, just like you said, that our parents keep for us, but they never give us back. Or, <laughs> or something to be used as soon as you get it you know and everyone has a different perception of money based on how they grow up you know their environment and financial education that they got from people or parents but my question is right is financial education just about money it's just about how to get it and how to spend it no so financial education really is it's pretty broad um so I would say maybe there are different like categories to it. There is how to earn money, there's how to keep money, so like save money, 
because um, we know there's this tendency. I mean, we're all very happy when we have money and so easy to like splurge, right? Um, so there's that part of it. And then, and also very key part is being able to multiply money, which is invest money. So those, those I would say are the three major buckets. Um, financial education is really key because it's really the understanding of all things around money, how money truly works, um, how to be very, very intelligent as to how you handle money matters, especially in these three categories, and the, just so that you are in good financial health. Because the truth is, like you said, money, money is a solution to a whole lot of problems. Like money may not be every single thing, but it, it's very key in most things, right? If you need like whatever, like aspect of your life, like your, I mean, your education, academic education, to oh, work life. I mean, we have jobs. Uh, the, one of the reasons, or one of the major reasons that we, we have jobs or do any kind of work, business, all of that is so we can earn money. It's because, oh, money is that, that currency. Money is that thing that you used to um, pay for whatever it is that you want, whatever product, whatever service. So yeah, you're doing some work for like your employers or for your clients, and then you're getting paid money. Money is that thing that you're now going to use to handle all the expenses, the bills. <laughs> and we know bills are like unending in an adult life. So Any, yeah, it's really important to, to <laughs> exactly. So it's really important to be well like versed in money, not not necessarily in like a a, the way like an, an economist or someone who is in like the finance world proper would know it I mean they I mean them and numbers and all of that is a lot more detailed than the lay person but there's some there's some like basic understanding of money that I feel is that I know is very important for like every person um, to have building that financial intelligence so that you can make the right decisions with your money and avoid the kind of mistakes that are avoidable. Yeah, I would say that. Well, with what you just said, you said the financial education is very, very important. But um, one thing that I would like to say is that there's so much social taboos regarding money. And I say social taboos because I, I was never taught in primary school that um, social studies as a subject not in um, secondary school when I took economics, just thought profit and loss and all those things about economics. And even in the university, right? We're not taught about how to make money, how to um, invest, you know? Even um, the other time I taught in primary school, I think that was um, three years ago. Yeah, I was, not, I was not in university at that time. I was teaching in, um, I was taking class, I was, yeah, I was taking class four. And in the uh, lesson notes or curriculum, there was nothing about financial education. All the children knew was that when they give you 100 naira, you save 20 naira for 30 days, you have 600. And from 600, you can buy something for yourself. Understand? Mm -hmm. That was all they knew how to save. And that's all that we have been taught on saving and saving. And honestly, right, I, I feel like if all we know about save money is saving money, we'll never be able to have enough. Because from experience, right, saving money, saving enough money does not make you rich, right? 
So that's why I said there's a lot of social taboos regarding money. You grow up in, in your family setting, you never thought about investments, you know, stock, risk, risk management, and all those things. I wonder why I do, maybe because our parents don't actually know themselves. They just are um, sorry, and as workaholics. And they just, you know, most of them depend on loans and all those things. So that's why I said that there's a social taboo regarding money. So easy. Um, please tell us about risk, taxes, investments, you know, debt management, generally anything that talk uh, that talks about um, social taboos. But these things, right, they are the prerequisites for financial wellness. Very true, very true. And uh, yeah, I mean, that, that thing, it, yeah. it, it hurt me too. The fact that financial literacy wasn't something I was exposed to early on. And um, the fact that that is still kind of mindset. I know a few people, a few groups and individuals are trying to correct that. But the fact that it's not part of the system, like culture, the or really infusing it into like the primary school, high school curriculum is, is a problem because the earliest time or the best time actually to learn is when you're younger, like in your formative yeah. years, sure. like you're able to know and then build good habits going forward. Like if there are mistakes that can be avoided, why not avoid them? Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, the things we know about money, like growing up is usually arithmetic. Oh, okay. You have 100 Naira if you use 20 Naira this week keep 80s and that's like just those very very basic i mean i think that was just for arithmetic sake not even really teaching you um <laughs> how to how to save so that is that um okay so like you said you've you've highlighted a number of things that uh, i mean need to be spoken about um so let me let me start with let's say even like the risk management um so one thing uh, really need to not just understand but also accept is that risk and opportunity are two sides of the same coin. Whatever it is that you kind of to pull into to maybe earn some money or to to uh, grow your money, so investments. I mean, there's always the risk aspect to it. There's nothing that is one hundred percent guarantee. And people who give like financial advice and stuff will say this, there's nothing like gives you a percent guarantee, but then the payout can also be good, right? Um, and we have, I mean, when we're talking, talking about like investments and things, we have different categories. We have the low risk things, we have like medium risk, high risk stuff. Um, I mean, things like, for the low risk, we'll talk about things like or like government bonds, stuff like that, where it's it's very unlikely for, I mean, the investment to fail or for it to crash or anything like that. Is that um, so for medium risk or low to medium risk things like stocks and all high risk things would be things like the the cryptocurrencies that we've come to know. We I mean, for people who have looked at the markets and just what has gone on with the cryptocurrencies, you know, that this year has been quite, quite uh, crazy and volatile in that direction. People have gotten major losses as opposed to maybe the earlier part of last year where people really made big on like the Bitcoin, Ethereum and all of that. So it was a high risk. Like, so it's 
it's basically high risk, high reward. But one thing that is key, I mean, we know that the risk cuts across, but one thing that is key is for people to begin to know for themselves what their risk appetite is. That is really what key is. And making sure that, that you're not doing anything above what you can like tolerate. And also emotionally, it's not just about even financial numbers. It's really about, oh, if I mean, one thing, one rule for investment that I, I really love is like, oh, don't put in anything that you are not okay losing. Like if the worst case scenario happens, which is you losing it all, like, would you still be okay? Like financial, obviously it would have been a loss, but would you still be okay? Would you, are you going to panic? Are you going to have a heart attack? Is your family life going to crash is like what, what exactly is going to be the big impact it's always good to know yeah so that risk appetite and your risk tolerance is so so key and say okay if you're going to be investing especially if you're there there, there are different rules I, I can't even go into all of them at the moment but then if you're going to invest, it's always good to kind of do it like gradually test the waters because at the end of the day if you don't commit and don't do it for yourself you can't maybe know exactly uh what kind of investments that you you lean more towards you will not even know your exact risk appetite but you could do it gradually you could do some risk depending on what your financial situation is depending on what your interests are your kind of uh, financial power uh, your age all those kind of things come into play so yeah when it comes to investments it's good to be well educated about it but it's definitely something of us need to try try for ourselves like i wish i wish i was a, i started like investing way earlier than i did um when you hear the the, the likes of okay how i mean warren buffett who is like like one of the most successful investors of all time when you hear that he started his own investments at age 11 i mean hats off to him and definitely he's paying Paying well, I mean, he's been a billionaire for decades now. So it's, it's 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 something definitely we need to kind of get educated on. And the sooner the better, and the sooner you can start doing something, the better. Um, so yeah, that would be for, for risk management and just yeah, kind of touch of touch on investment. As for taxes, yeah. So depending on like where you are or what kind of. Um, with your means of income and all of that, there's usually taxes that pay to government, right? So for most like companies and organizations, it's, uh, I mean, your taxes end up getting debited before they get to you. Sometimes like 5%, 10%, that's where most income taxes are about. Um, and then you just get the net income. Like you just take your salary from business for businesses. There are some that, yeah, it's a straight draw, but for most, you actually have to like remit your taxes. So it's always it's always good to kind of know what the tax laws are, make sure that you're well educated and yeah, you have your accounts in order. Having your account in order is 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 like a skill, like good bookkeeping, accounting, like for your business from the get-go. It will save you a whole lot of headache ahead of time. And it's important to pay your taxes, you know, the Taxes are what's the a key part of what the economy runs runs on. Please don't be a tax evader. <laughs> Help it. But yeah, 
um, that is something that we to know and understand really how it works. Uh, so that yeah, um, you make sure you're you're obeying the law, and then there's not going to be any issues like down the line. You have you have everything to back up. The fact that you have the taxes. Um, then uh, what else was on that list? Um, if you can remind me the other two things. Investments. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So I think I, I kind of touched. I kind of mentioned the yeah. investment part of it. Yeah. You which do. is really it's really really deep <laughs> that one is uh it's yeah. more than one one class oh, yeah okay. but then yeah but debt management yes this one is also hmm, this thing so i mean if one can live a life free of debt that would be like best case scenario um because fortunately i mean due to a lack of financial literacy i believe there are people who have themselves into a debt they did not need to have really if they were well versed on like other alternatives that could have kept them debt free but now they have debts which one that usually accrues interest we have okay like personal debt or maybe both from a friend family member you know all those has the hassle that comes with that you know how relationships break down uh, with all of that like it's it's crazy money is a very 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 emotional subject um but yeah, we have those. Then we have the debt from actual like, uh, like banks, loan sharks, and yeah, but more like official kind of debts. Those ones usually accrue interest. Um, debt management can be can be handled like in different ways. Um, there is oh the whole paying of paying uh, like percentages maybe on a monthly, quarterly basis, depending on what the agreement is. There is um, this snowball uh, method for paying debt, which basically means that maybe you have like different debts or people different like, amounts of money or those kind of things, and you choose to okay handle the easiest ones first. So like the though if you owe somebody here like fifty thousand euro or another thirty five hundred thousand, you have oh another person one million, yeah. Make sure you just start clearing your debts with the listeners. The easiest to deal with, which kind of eases your mind, and you know that you're making progress. So the fifty thousand one first before five hundred thousand and like that. But one thing is that it's very, very, very key um, to have a plan when it comes to debt management. You have to look at everything or have a good like checklist out. Oh, I'm in debt. Who do I owe? When is when am I supposed to pay back? Like look at all those things and map out a plan as to how to get that done. Most people get overwhelmed and then they maybe ghost their creditors. They they begin to they just go a wall. They begin to like be on the run. So many kind of things that just brings unnecessary drama. It's best to have a plan and be courageous enough to even know what's going on and just have a plan to be able to clear your debt. The, the earlier the better um i i go into like depths about this like in my in my blog i don't know if you saw that particular blog post but yeah and i did not know that story actually like with sage i didn't know that he's the one who like showed you the blog or like even subscribed and every other thing that came from that so yeah just to reference your your initial story 
and uh, I'm glad. I'm glad that we got connected. I'm glad that you're getting value from what is there. And uh, yeah, we need more people to be able to see everything because yeah, it's it's things that we need to know. And we need to know early and try to make sure. I Me, mean, I'm not somebody that comes from any economist or people background. I mean, what I know is medicine and then business, which which came on later. But yeah, I try to break it down easy. The simplest ways, a very like layman's way, so that everybody gets it. Yeah. All right, cool, cool. I'm actually getting value, and uh, from, from what you just said, I think uh, we'll all agree on some facts about sustaining money as an adult. You know, it comes with um a certain level of responsibility, even if um how we handle, earn, or regard money differs. But the end goal of satisfying our needs is the common denominator for all, which is to have money. <laughs> and yeah. you know, the Nigerian, right? There's this question we always ask, like, how do we get this money? And how do we sustain it? And how do we make it um, keep flowing? Because there is SAPA. And if you're listening, <laughs> if you're listening, because we have an we have some international audience. Sapa is a Nigerian slang for broke or lack of money. It's commonly used when someone is in a very bad financial situation, but it can also be used when someone goes bankrupt after spending recklessly, you understand? And most of the people that use this word Sapa are creators. As a creator, right, it's very easy to go bankrupt, especially if you only have one source of revenue or income. You know, many creators depend on AdSense, uh, sponsorship, payments from YouTube, monetization, all those kind of things. You know, these streams of income are good, though, but they are not really consistent. And living solely on them and planning to scale on this will be very difficult and you end up in SAPA. So, <laughs> easy. I've never experienced SAPA before. Ooh. Yeah, I have. Okay, so, so, I mean, well, maybe we'll say Sakura is the different degrees. For me, right after NYC, uh, so, I mean, for people who don't know what NYC is, it's like a national youth service hall program where you, I mean, for one year, you, you are assigned a particular workplace and the, the, the thing about it, I mean, the real underlying thing when it comes to money that, that is that you are paid peanuts. That is the general um, experience. So it wasn't for, for me being in Abuja and upon like saving as much as I could from what I was being paid. Doing. The fact is, okay, after, after that service year, I was not looking for jobs, growing my CV in a hospital, clinic, all those kind of things. And then, yeah, at that time, like rent had expired. So I was busy looking for, for a new place to rent and Abuja rent is not, <laughs> not peanuts. So looking for a place that I could actually afford it for savings I had. So I had to like really live lean at that point whilst looking for an income source, like looking for jobs and everything. Um, so yeah, it, it really wasn't funny. Uh, I had to like all scot it to different friends initially um yeah very inconvenient arrangement but well, i had to do that whilst i was looking for all the savings i had what that could afford because i was just seeing places that were like wildly out of the budget at the time um and that's when 
I veered into entrepreneurship actually. So that is when, okay, I joined the business that I've been doing for like seven plus years now, um, which, which came out to be like very, very, in fact, beyond okay. It was actually something that now exceeded expectations, thankfully. But yeah, that was, that was, that was it. It wasn't funny. And uh, yeah, it's money that made me, okay, <laughs> it's time to do business, business that I did not have any experience about. I couldn't like me personally, for people who know me, I'm an introvert, a reserved person. I don't like to, you know, talk, be out there or yeah, so doing things in line of business so where I have to have like clients, have to talk to people, and all of that uh, was very, very new territory for me. But yeah, I was prepared to learn, I mean, make mistakes, make mistakes <laughs> so I want to get better and actually achieve what I, what I wanted to achieve whilst I'm still like looking for jobs, which I eventually got, but then started this business. So I was able to do both. Like, this became my like side hustle, which thankfully I've been able to transition into full time because I, can, I like the flexibility affords me so that, that was it for me and the key thing is when it comes to this whole software thing or just to find get money money that can sustain you money that you can have enough of that you can save grow and all of that uh it's it so first of all our generation right now i mean how things happen in the work environment or what people due to raise an income is very different than it was in our parents' generation. They grew up in a time where, oh, you finish school, there's a job waiting for you, and they usually stay there like long-term. They stay there for decades, retired, maybe in one or two workplaces, everything is, is fine. For us, I mean, you go, there's this whole scarcity of jobs, and you finally come out of like your education, tertiary education or whatever level you stop at and then going to up there's just things out there to be able to get a job that maybe you actually desire once that actually um that makes you gainfully employed i mean it's, it's difficult for a good number of people that's the first thing there's a lot of struggle there there is okay even if you get jobs that you're just using to manage to keep body and soul together uh yeah you know we paid well you know be very fulfilling and different things happen so what 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 is obtainable in our time is people really jump from like workplace to workplace from business to business like it's just kind of all oh, this whole when this like we're the most we're in this most stressed generation phase where we're just like everything is just hustle 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 we're just trying to keep up with things the economy because we know Things have changed. We know what national economy is like. We know what um, inflation rate is like. We know, I mean, there's just this general idea of like lack. But, and so we're just, I mean, a good number of people are just hungry, especially the young ones. But to be able to have this good earning power, she said, being able to try new things, being able to adapt. To the times being able to be prepared to like put your head down commit to learning certain skills things that you probably were not uh, taught in school things that you probably uh, have not been like exposed to at all it's like not your field not your, all those kind of things but then it's what you need to do to be able to 
to get uh, fetch some good income in this modern day, in this present era, era, not something that is outdated, something that is useful now, high income skills. Like you have to be prepared to do that. And sometimes, in fact, not some, most of the time, that involves having making a good investment in your like to be able to learn the skills, you have to learn from the right sources, from the right people, from the right material. And yeah, that involves all investment of your money to do so, your time, your efforts, all of those things. Um, and then think of one advantage that we have is the world is even smaller now. I mean, we're really a global village. So doing things that will not, or indulging in things that don't have like a geographical boundary, something that is like borderless, like where the international stage can be like your audience. You can actually or provide like product or service or be able to serve a wider community of people. Um, that, that is the kind of thing that oh, having internet and being able to network with other people, that's what it has provided for us. So those are things that we really need to like capitalize on, right? You don't need to necessarily be in one particular niche to be able to, to build skills, acquire skills and, and sell those skills like on the marketplace. And like you said, it's not just about, I mean, leaning on just one source of income is tricky. And it's not just even for like creators or people like in business, even, people with jobs because job security right now is kind of a myth. You can't say for sure that, oh, you're going to be in this particular place, um, in this particular company, with this particular organization for years and years and years, because you don't know that, like nobody can be the future 100%. And things are changing ever more quickly than they used to before. So you can't be like, okay, but I have this job. Maybe I've been at it for 10 years. It means I'm being paid. No, there are people who have been let go or people have had to, maybe companies had to downsize for whatever reason. And people have been frustrated. We, we saw what happened with the pandemic and how even like the most country of, of companies, organizations, even multinationals did have to let people go because of the situation of things. So yeah, that's just one flow is, 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 is tricky. Um, you can you can uh, start with one, right? And I mean, build something. Maybe you have a job. Okay, you now get used to the job. Stable, you're efficient there. Then you can now explore a side hustle, or if you have a, or, or if you have a business already, explore something else that can give money. But it's always good to have uh, different pots. But also, one thing that we need to be very wary of, especially as young people, is that tendency to just stretch yourself so thin. Okay, because you just need to make ends meet, because it feels like, oh, what you're getting for your paycheck, before you even get the next paycheck, everything is spent, there's nothing left to save at all. We do stretch ourselves so thin. That, that doesn't just have a bearing on your health, I mean, your physical well-being, your mental well-being, does only cause you to have burnouts, and this is a very common problem with us. But even in the aspect of your finances, you don't want a situation where you are not being truly effective and efficient in all the things that you're doing, such that 
everything is done with half focus, half focus. So a little here, a little there, you're not really concentrating your efforts to get the maximum uh, value out on one particular thing to be able to be paid for it. You can start doing your side hustle or start doing so many side hustles that that's now affecting the job, which is your primary thing, your full-time thing. And then maybe, oh, you get fired, which now defeats the purpose of what you're trying to achieve. Or the side hustle that, okay, you could have just focused on a few months, maybe a year to really grow, build like a good base, client base and all of that. Because your so, your attention is so divided, then you're not putting it that well. So you never really get out of the business what you're hoping to. It's still like peanuts. And at the end of the day, it's like peanuts here, peanuts there, peanuts there that are not really leading to anywhere significant. Yeah, so that, that defeats the purpose. So you're working so hard and still yet nothing to show for it. Um, so yeah, those are just uh, like a few things on, on, on the matter of like earning, saving and what I would also advise because world is ever changing, because life happens, whether we like it or not, like things just happen, right? Medical emergency, thefts, so many things can happen because having things like an emergency fund, like a bill nest egg, something that, I mean, you can keep like, that, that's maybe there's just a dedicated account you have with money that you don't touch strictly for emergencies uh, or your, your expenses for, for like three to six months where, okay, something major happens now. Okay, this can cater to it. Or if I lost my source of income, I lost my job, my business, business crashes or anything like that, I have something that at least can keep my head above water even as I seek new income. Um, things like this definitely helps in financial well-being. I know I've spoken quite a bit, right? I have spoken quite a bit. And that's because, yeah, this is, this is wide. At the end of the day, it just means that this is a very, very, very wide um, uh, topic. But yeah, um, we, we learn, I mean, we have to learn everything gradually, gradually, gradually. And yeah, my blog posts expand more on this so yeah wow you said i was just um jutting as you were speaking <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um from everything easy shared i think it's safe to say that the hack here is income diversification you know most creative businesses and working class people stick to, to just uh, traditional method of monetization or making money and do not explore other options when they're when, especially when there's not enough sponsorship available or chances. And if you keep waiting for one paycheck to another, right, you will not create the life or have the life you want to live. So instead of just leveraging on one particular thing, why not look for other options? There's so much things available as a side hustle with so many skills you can pick up and just take seriously and work on expanding not only on your creative business, but also on your earning power. Because the truth is, we deserve to be compensated fairly for the value you provide. And one thing is certain, money means different things to each of us. And I hope that um, you have enjoyed this as much as I have. I've enjoyed um, having Izzy in the show and sharing her experience about finance. In fact, 40 minutes is not enough for Izzy to tell us everything we need to know about money. But with the few things she shared, I think it's enough for 
anyone listening to just sit down, comprehend, and just unpack all the values she shared and to put um, the right um, practices or take the right step. So if, if you think that this episode has a lot of value, makes a lot of sense, be sure to drop a comment and a review on our socials. And also share this episode with a friend who needs to hear this. Follow us on Instagram at Talk With Fresh Podcast and also follow Easy on IG at Amada Easy, Amada.easy. More details about her socials will be shared in the info session below. Thank you so much, Easy, for coming. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope it's been valuable. Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram. It's Amada, A R M A A D A underscore Easy, I double Z Y. Looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you. Thank you so much. So we are also open to taking questions and getting feedback. So send us a DM or email. And if you haven't subscribed to our newsletter yet, you should. To do this, click the link on our Insta bio. Bye, guys. See you next Saturday. Bye, Izzy. Bye. Thank you.